You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode 468 of the Slow Ride Podcast. I am Matt, the little guy in the city beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts. Little guy, you know, you say the city beautiful Minneapolis and I don't always think you mean it, but that time... It sounded like there's a little more heart. Maybe the city is a little more beautiful this week for some reason. It, it's just a weird vibe I'm getting. Yeah, it's a weird vibe around town. I think it's because the ice rinks in town finally, oh. everything froze enough over the last week that it ice rinks opened up on like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So um, uh-huh. we're full winter. I believe, I guess we're in the Nordic corner of Minneapolis um, wait, I'm sorry, newsflash. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, it's going to be above 30 the rest of the week. All the snow and ice is going to melt, and the World Cup's going to be terrible. Sorry, Nate. No. The corner is not going to be good. Oh, that's that's rough. That's rough. But with all that cold weather and those frozen ponds, mm-hmm. uh, did you get a rare sighting of the uh, a rare northern sighting of, uh, of the super rookie well, in Minneapolis? I've been told by the super rookie that he's here in in the city beautiful Minneapolis. He sent me uh-huh. pictures that he claims are from here, but he could have doctored those 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 location stamps. Um, he says he's here. I haven't seen him. He says that I'll update Jerk Store went uh, two for two, or they won two, they lost two, so they're out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. This I don't know if that's true or not, but this is just what Tim says. He can confirm this on the next podcast. But all right, well, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. But yeah, unfortunately, Tim is preoccupied uh, with his annual pond hockey tournament. Uh, I think he took a couple of pucks to the midsection and uh, couldn't make it this evening. Uh, maybe he got uh, run into the boards a few too many times uh, by. Uh, by the beer leaguers up here in Minneapolis paying pond hockey, but uh, we wish them the best in the tournament. Sounds like they're already out. So uh, <laughs> next year, twenty twenty. Next year, that's it's going to be his year. Yeah, that's jerk store's year. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, uh, let's let's get on to the bikes then. Um, it, it is a winter wonderland up there. It turned back into a winter wonderland here, which I'm sure you'll be happy to know. I cannot gloat any longer about mm-hmm. still being fall-like uh, here in uh, Western Mass. But um, I know there is some some winter cycling going on, and I'm not talking about the training racing down under. I'm talking about some real World Cup action, little guy. It's- yeah, there was – well, there there was a – the. A very dusty looking, but very fun World Cup in Spain, on the cyclocross side this weekend. I Benador, I think. I don't know. I don't remember exactly where it is. Uh, it's a really fun course. 
it turned out to be on the men's side maybe so far the best race of the year because we actually had really a solid battle of more and not just Vanderpool, not just Wout, and not just pick, not just like the big threes. Everyone call it like uh-huh. we had a pretty large group. We ended up like whittling down to three or four. Then we had nine or ten guys coming into the last lap before Vanderpool. The guy who's supposed to win every race fell down in some random corner. And then, I don't know if you saw this, but it it kind of went the way you'd expect then. If Vanderpool takes a tumble, uh, Wout splits the group uh-huh. apart with uh-huh. uh, Michael Van Torn out. And then there's a long uphill road section, which was the only section of this course that wasn't completely thronged with fans. Like every other part of the course was like four or five people deep. There's this one okay. road section that was not, seemed to have no one, but they had a really sick drone shot. Wout just okay. ripped everyone's legs off on this part. Him and him and Michael Van Torn out going super solo from everybody. And then Wout's on easy street. He's got the win in the bag. He's got like three corners after the barriers. He's going to take it easy on the barriers the last time over. He's going to run them because, you, you know, you don't want to make any mistakes on the last right, right, right. set yeah. of barriers safe. before you go start your road season where this year you're going to finally win a monument. Uh-huh. I guess he's won a monument. Win, win a better uh-huh. monument. Uh, maybe, maybe you're going to win a stage in the Tour de France. Win some uh, tour uh, stages. I have time trial stage. Time, time trial, trial stage. Yeah, you're going to win time trial. No, 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 no. Sorry, a mountain stage. Mountain stage. Well, maybe a sprint stage. Sprint you're like, stage. You know, you're a couple corners from the end. You're going to win your last race. You're already in road right, right, season. Yeah. And, and Vanderpool is out of the picture. He's Great. out of the picture. He's like, he's like riding back in fifth. He's like 15 seconds back. Wout comes in. He's going to step over the barriers casually over the first one, over the second one. Boom, easy street. Yep. Season's over. Yep. You got to get back on the bike, though. He does the classic Uh-oh. cat four thing, puts the bike down, Uh-oh. goes to jump on. That back wheel hops a little to the Pops side. Up. Oh, yeah. He goes to get on, doesn't make it, falls down with the bike on the drive side. You never want to fall on the drive side, but it happens. So you're like, oh, okay. But he gets back up. He's still clear of Michael Van Torn out. He's still got a couple seconds on Van Torn out, so it's not all uh-huh. over. But he goes to jump on the bike, and his leg hits the saddle, and the saddle just flies off the bike. Whoa. Just flies off. And so then he has a couple corners and, like, one off camber section that he has to ride just with a seat post. And he's still yeah. kind of sitting down because these were, like, rough you know, it wasn't like a muddy course, but it was fast and dirt and bumpy. Well, and, yeah, that's if if you don't race a lot of cyclocross, the saddle is how you control the bike almost yeah, all the time. Totally. So it was uh, if I mean, I knew this was going to happen because I'd seen somebody say this before I like watched the repeat of the race. But I was still okay. sort of like cringing. And he makes it to the finish. He goes to post up. He has to do the stand up. Uh, the, yeah, no the knock need kind of thing. Just a really funny way uh, to end what had been not a straightforward race, had been a super cool race with a huge group the whole time, and Vanderpool had to come from super far back, so uh, he he was like passing like fifteen people at a time on the road sections earlier in the race. It was crazy. Yeah, it just I can't say enough. Probably will be the last super exciting race of the year as we'll go just to the world championships pretty soon. And 
you know, knock on wood, Vanderpool would just bunny hop the whole field and it'll just be over 20 minutes. But it was I'm bonkers. That's awesome. That sounds like a good one to to uh to rewatch if if there's any and uh any reason that you're looking for content to consume. Yeah. Um maybe you wanna consume it while you're on the trainer, but also at the same time be on a group ride. Would there be any way you could both watch something on one screen and hang out with your buds uh while getting a workout in? Can you think of a way to do that? I personally can't think of a way uh no, to do bad. that, but I'm pretty sure it can be done actually uh, on the Zwift. People have told me uh, that it is possible to be very online um, on the Zwift platform as well as you know watching catching up on your SpongeBob uh, episodes you haven't uh, you haven't watched yet, or, or I guess bike racing too. Um, and to that end, little guy, I think you're trying to lead me into a discussion about uh, the gauntlet that I threw down to our listeners last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, I don't know what I was thinking. Let me let me just start by that. But I did show up to the recording, the green room, uh, last week with, with an idea that I would start this uh, Slow Ride Podcast Zwift club uh, because you can you can do that now. So I started it. I talked about it on the podcast. Um, I threatened uh, that I would make a group ride. Uh, I, I uh, begged, essentially, the listenership of the Slow Ride podcast to keep me honest and, uh, and show up um, for the group ride so that I would feel like I needed to show up. And guess what, little guy? I've got to show up to a ride. You got to show up to the ride, yeah. How many? I've got to show up to a ride. As of uh, this recording, we are at 117 folks in the group. The chat is blowing up. Nice. A lot of people making some quality slow ride jokes in the uh, in the club chat, uh, mostly at Tim's expense. Good. Um, A lot of folks wondering where Peak Tim is. He's not in the group yet um yeah so you know everybody that's there has technically at this point beaten tim in a sprint so that is good news for them Mm -hmm. but uh i did set up two club events um i don't know if this will this will be the schedule going forward or or if it'll change up we'll see how it goes i've never created events before i've never admined uh, this kind of thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll play it by ear. Hopefully it's not too bad for you Zwift professionals, uh, that know what you're doing. Uh, but I set up a, a, an easy group ride, kind of a no drop ride, uh, for Thursdays at, uh, 7 PM Eastern time, which is going to make the UK corner pretty sad. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty late there, but that's pretty hard. Yeah. Aussie corner and, uh, uh, the Dunedin folks, at the bike house, they're going to be stoked. It's going to be a Friday afternoon for them. They can just knock off from work a little bit early, and do a nice afternoon Swift uh, session. Um, so I've got that, and then following that up, got a little sprint race right after Ooh. as well on okay. on Thursday night. So you can warm up for a good forty minutes, cruise around with your buds, mm-hmm. and then we've got a little bit of a four lap race afterwards. And obviously, sixteenth place is first place, first place is second place, and so forth. Um, okay. as, as can be expected, but, uh, 
I'm curious if people will show up. I'm sure they will. I'm curious if I will be able to hang with the group. I know I will for the first ride because the rubber band feature is on. Nice. But for the second one, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, so it'll be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully it uh, continues to improve as we go forward or I figure it out. Or maybe we'll do some different days and times to uh, accommodate more folks. But uh, yeah, should be fun. Well, I'm interested to know which of our listeners has been paying attention and has rigged up a blender properly to their bicycle. Yeah, uh, I wanted to see who's handy around the house, who's and who's who's putting out real watts. It'll be interesting to find out. Uh, the, yeah, there's been a lot of blender talk. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of great. Uh, great jokes in there in in the chat so far so i really appreciate that from everyone and uh yeah looking forward to hanging out on thursday um yeah now i just need to decide you know which bike i'm gonna ride and uh you know what kit i'm gonna wear and where my shoes are stuff like that i know where your shoes are they're in the trunk of your car and same with your water bottles. <laughs> They're always in the trunk. And uh, <laughs> the problem, little guy, is now I have a wagon. They're uh, like the trunk is visible. Uh, so, so I know they're not there. Gross cycling <laughs> shoes. Yeah. That's true. That is, I mean, 99% of the time the wagon is superior to the sedan. But the sedan mm-hmm. does have, uh, yeah, you can leave a weird bunch of extra cycling kit and shoes in the trunk and no one has to see this pile of smelly garbage back there. It is separate in a way that is yeah. uh, important. It's yeah. Critical even. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of a pile of smelly garbage tour down under, Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, no, that's not really fair. It seems like it's a lot of fun. People enjoy it, but I, it, I think we've been clear on this podcast that we're not, that ever excited about it and it's just it's just it's still cycle cross season as we just said uh there's still I feel, yeah yeah i feel like we made a lot of fun of the drawdown under for a long time um calling it the training race and, and along with the great cadell road race if that's still separate or going on i don't even know um and then i think i feel like we gave it a fair shot for a couple years there like got bigger it got more respected we begrudgingly were like oh let's pay attention and i i stopped actually personally but is it still worth paying attention to do you know what's going on there uh they're done with it i don't really i didn't pay much attention i'll admit um i saw that stephen williams won it over um naravas of uh ineos and del toro uh which is Del Toro is interesting because he's on UAE and he's first year. He just moved up from like like a junior club team. So he's another 20-year-old okay. just total heavy hitter. Cause he won, I think he won Avenir last year. I'm going to be wrong. Yeah, he won uh, Tour de Avenir last year. So he's another like under 21 GC possible prodigy. And so he came out swinging, third on GC, third on the last stage in his first World Tour race. Though the field, wow, like, seemed a That's... little like thinner than other years. It seemed a little more training race, which kind of makes me a little more excited uh, to watch it. Because while there were names I recognized, there was a lot of guys like Stephen Williams. I don't want to take anything away from him, but 
a guy who's like, yeah. like, yeah, he's won some things, but like, this is, if this is technically supposed to be world tour level, um, mm-hmm. it feels a little like, I don't know. It feels a little <laughs> it feels like, like I, I does feel a little like Peak Tim could hang with the pack for a little no. while? No, is that what you're trying to say? What it feels <laughs> no, like, not that bad, not that bad. <laughs> no, but what it feels like is a race in January, which is sure. fine, yeah, and is a good That's thing. Tough. And there should be like That's tough. tough early season races. But like the thing that always felt weird about the Tour Down Under is when it was given points wise like the same amount as winning like you know another like week long stage race in April sure, or something yeah. or like yeah, May yeah. when like. Yeah, all the heavy hitters should have form because they're going into grand tours and these things. And it, it's a different thing. And so, I don't know, it's kind of cool to look at it and be like, oh, it wasn't just guys who are going to contend for the Giro rocking sure. out at the top of it's, it. It's a lot like the Italian classics in the fall in that way, <laughs> little guy. I imagine uh, for you. I feel like I don't know where you're going with <laughs> this. But, uh. <laughs> where where kind of you take the the cream off of the top of the crop and you're just like, ah, oh, I want to see who is up and coming. Like who's got it. And this is obviously, I think, uh, a, a slight level below that. Like you're getting a little more of the top tier cream of the top tier crop, but not, uh, I'm kind of lost. I'm trying to dig myself out of this hole, okay. but like, it's a good showcase for some new riders that we don't get to see. And uh, in all honesty, probably won't get to see much of for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's. I'm not saying it's not a hard race. I'm not saying Peak Tim could hang in it because he couldn't. Peak Tim would be out the no. back in a second. Uh, it's just it's it's January, man. It shouldn't be like it shouldn't be the biggest names in the sport. It's it's nice when it's a little smaller, right. but it shouldn't be like points wise. But um, anyway. It's over. It's done. On to the on to the uh, fun group rides down there, and I'm sure some people will hang out and yeah, do the Cadell and chill in the Australian sun a little longer. Oh yeah. And everybody else will head back to southern Spain and southern France and do the races that only matter the teeniest bit more <laughs> for a few more weeks yeah. here. Because as we've always said, uh, it's kind of all just training and goofing around until we get to opening weekend, which we're. I mean, we're at the end of January. I don't know how this happens so quick, but here we are. We're almost really into road season. Cross season's almost done. I don't yeah. know. It's happening. Um, we should uh, we should quickly mention as well on the women's side of things down there at the Tour Down Under, um, Sarah uh, Gigante uh, from AG Insurance Sudal team taking the overall victory. Um, over Vinky and Bradbury in second and third, Amanda Spratt in fourth, and down in 16th, Ruth Edwards, human powered health, also first American, which matters to not very many people. Yeah, but uh, 16th, pretty good, it's pr- very good, it's very good, and and yeah. The women's one is only three days. I thought it was a little longer. But yeah, um, yeah. I had to scroll back a little ways on the old first cycling to uh, to get there. Um, three days, but um, kind of a similar in that the uh, the uh, AG team has just like moved up to the uh, top ranks this year. So for that team, it mm-hmm. was a pretty big win since they were 
I don't remember which division they were in last year, but they were not at the highest level. So both the men's you know, and the women's won by teams that one team that just moved up and then is Israel Premier Tech or are they they're not Israel Premier Tech hmm. anymore, whatever the heck they are. Um they're, you know, not pro the world tour approach or I can't actually remember. Are we in the world tour or the pro tour? Which one do we do now? Didn't they we used to call world? pro tour, now it's world tour. T- World Tour. I'm pretty sure it's World Tour. All right, um, cool. This is brutal. I'm not old. Little guy. Uh, you know how I can tell that it's back to training race status officially, not that it ever really left, is that Australia's golden boy, Michael Matthews. Oh, thank you. Good transition. I was, was thinking the same. <laughs> was not there. Uh, in fact, he was racing in Spain and winning. And winning, yes. And winning. Uh, a nice QCI one-day race there in Spain, enjoying uh, some warm weather, unlike the brutal Australian winters that they're uh, they're dealing with down there. Uh, so not really a leg to stand on as far as excuses for Michael Matthews, except for he, he did get a win, and a win is a win. Win is a win. Uh, you know, if anybody else won right now, I'd say, hey, forms too soon, doesn't really matter. But this matters. This is important and this, this matters. is huge. And uh, <laughs> it's good to see off to a good start. Uh, I, it was nice to see. I was looking through results that uh, our boy Michael Matthews already won a race. Uh, Tim's mm-hmm. favorite sprinter, Brian Concard, has already gotten second in a race. So everyone's back really? where they belong in their in their chosen positions in the Peloton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I did see uh, Julian Alaphilippe up there in sixth place overall for the uh, TDU. So all is right in the world. He's doing well, but not that well. <laughs> uh, I think. Do we? I think we should like Alaphilippe now because he's had a couple bad seasons. I think. Here, we, I think we had to come around in the same way we came around on Michael Matthews. Here's if, the thing. I don't know that this podcast has been united in the hate of Julian Alaphilippe the whole time. Yeah, I think that, just the loudest true, one true. in the room has perhaps uh, blown that horn uh, on behalf of all of us. And, um, you know, we we may have been steamrolled a little bit. We may have just sort of had to choose our battles over the years here at this podcast. Um and that's one I was like, nah, I don't hate it. I don't know if I agree totally, but it's fine. We need a villain. It seems like a pretty nice guy. <laughs> yeah, it seems fine. Uh, and you know, like I feel bad. You know, he's got he's got he's got the bad boss. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's uh, his worst quality for sure. <laughs> just you know, he's French. Otherwise, he's good. he's, he's a. A world champion, a good cyclist, French. Yeah, like what else? Yeah. Is, like seems friendly, um, you know? Likes to dance. Likes to dance, fun-loving, good fun teammate, loving. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Fancy watch. I don't know. Fancy <laughs> watch. Yeah, he's got his watch <laughs> looks too heavy for his little teeny cyclist arm. Mm-hmm. That's still the weirdest thing to me about the watch sponsorship, like him and Cavendish and all those guys that get like the giant bling and watches. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they it looks so funny on their teeny little arms, and it, like even if, if it's a slightly larger watch, it looks huge on them. In the same way that you put a normal size helmet on a Yates, 
and, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and yeah. they look like they're doing the Spaceballs Rick Moranis thing. Yeah. It's just... You think those guys ever get jealous of uh, Vanderpool's Lamborghini? I don't see Vanderpool with the watch, so... Which, mm. which way? Let me put it this way, little guy. You're on top of the world, on top of the sport. You get two sponsorship deals come across your desk. One's for a blingy watch, and one's for a Lamborghini, but it's gold. Which mm. which, which one do you sign in the bottom, uh, the dotted line on? They're both pretty dumb, but I guess I'd take the Lamborghini because I could at least get somewhere. Really? But you might be late. Watch. You wouldn't know what time it was. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. I've never what am been. I going to do with a watch? Okay, there's one thing you can do with a watch, and it's know what time it is. But here's the thing. The Lamborghini okay. comes with a watch. I guarantee it. It has a clock. Hmm. I've never been in a Lamborghini. I don't even know if I've ever seen one in real life. But there's one. I know one thing about cars. Mm-hmm. They've usually got clocks in them. Okay, so here's the thing. I have seen a Lamborghini in real life. I haven't been in it, though. Okay. Uh, it was really a, atrocious bright green, um, and it was in, like, garaged next door to a place I used to work, um, and they'd have it out, like, washing it and doing weird photo shoots and stuff with it every once in a while. Yeah. So did you do? I'm not confident there is a clock <laughs> in there. I mean, I don't I think can't it would say be for accurate. Sure. I feel like yeah. it would be wrong. I feel like it would give me the wrong time. Um, yeah. But I would think you know you can you can come up with the, the time. I'm I'm guaranteed the Lambo the Lambo has to go back right at some point the lease is up. Um, yeah. The watch they might look the other way. They might be like, yeah, well, it's a watch. But I think the gross thing is, I mean, they're all gross. <laughs> but the watches okay. are like as expect. I mean, like the Lamborghinis are kind of gross, and the the christian meal or whatever watches i find gross um Mm. for various reasons but i feel like the watches are almost as expensive and it's and it's extra gross to me that you have this little thing on your wrist you could lose it you're probably not gonna lose the lambo right it makes me super nervous that those guys race with it i know they race with it out at part of the sponsorship but right you could crash and it's just on your wrist you know Right. And it probably and it looks like it's gonna break your wrist too. <laughs> so well, I mean they're pretty they're pretty gaudy watch. They're not subtle watches. No. Not so at there all. is there is that, but I feel like if you were to go out, you know, to the to the co op uh to get some nutritional yeast and a a, a loaf of uh, locally sourced uh, bread. Yes. Um People for your it. toast in the morning. <laughs> um I feel like if you showed up and you you, you, know, you just threw on a long sleeve shirt, nobody there'd know you had a hundred thousand dollar watch on your wrist. Yeah. If you show up to the co-op in a gold Lamborghini, the hippies are going to be asking some questions. They're going to be like, "Do we need to raise our prices? What's going on?" Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I'll just park it. I, there's an Alfa Romeo that's always parked in the back. I just park, <laughs> I just park my back. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You know, um, that makes some sense. <laughs> I think the second you put on one of those 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 fancy blingy watches, you become the kind of person that always has 
their their cuff is just right. <laughs> so the yeah, watch, you get your yeah, yeah. You're, mm. you're, you start pointing in a different way at things. You know, when someone says, you know, oh, uh, I'm the sorry, old... is there a bookstore down the next block? You know, you, the way you point becomes very different and dramatic in a way. Right, um, like you're otherwise. checking the time and pointing. Oh, well, it is. You're right. It's is open for ten more minutes, and you show them the time. And then, you, uh-huh. know, you become like. Uh-huh. Become a different person, so I, I, they both change you, change me. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, right. I don't know. Well, I don't. You I'm know gonna... what? I don't think I'm going to be presented with this dilemma. <laughs> we we have spent an awful lot of time on it for how realistic it is, but I will type up some proposals and get them sent out um, to to the the Lamborghini Corporation and uh, to Richard Mille or, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, we'll have Mark, uh, our intern, um, type those up and get them sent out, and we'll see what what comes back. You never know. It's a good, good idea. Um, and since we've mentioned Michael Matthews, we've mentioned sponsorship. It's a good time mm-hmm. to see what Michael's oh. got for us over in the green line. Hi everyone, I'm Jens Pope, and I do not. Listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. We are here in the Prem Lab, uh, and this week, as always, we are sprinting to the line for the Wide Angle Podium Network. This is the network of shows that the Slow Ride Podcast is a part of, uh, along with a lot of other great cycling-related podcasts and content uh, creation uh, out there. Uh, like Cyclocross Radio and uh, all the video stuff that is happening on the Wide Angle Podium YouTube uh, channel, along with other podcasts like Rodeo covering the gravel scene, Criterium Nation. Rob Kelly is over there uh, bringing you all the inside baseball knowledge from the uh, American crit racing scene, which is just a spiderweb of of stuff so that is a great podcast to to really figure out what the heck is going on uh over there i saw uh cory williams has moved teams over to the miami uh blazers i believe is what they're called and justin williams is still over there on on legion of la so i don't know what's up with that i don't know what's going on there's uh you know uh, things are shifting around the landscape is changing how is this going to affect things I'm gonna I'm gonna trust Rob's judgment on this because he's got his ear to the streets. Yeah. Um, anyway, and if you like uh, bike racing and you like uh, bike racing podcasts and and content um, creators, uh, Wide Angle Podium is a great place to support that. And you can set up a donation, a reoccurring uh, monthly or annually, to support us and what we're doing, or any of the other folks. Uh, that you also enjoy on the network, head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more about how to donate and become a supporter. Yeah, and if you like bike racing podcasts that occasionally have Nordic skiing podcasts on the back end of them, uh, oh. let us know. And, you know, uh, if, you, if you donate money because you like Nordic Corner, then I'll buy Nate a beer when he comes to town. <laughs> to do to do to do a to watch some Nordic skiing uh, in a short period of time, as long as we get snow. So um, we're trying to cover all our bases. But uh, thanks. We are. We are. We're trying new things over here. So 
yeah, let us know what you like and, and if it sticks. And the best way to do that is uh, by becoming a donor. And the second best way is just to tell a friend, get people tuning into the old podcast that you enjoy. So we know a lot of you guys do that. We appreciate it. We thank you for it. And with that, let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Nancy Shabrak, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer, we got a bunch of emails, and then I got a problem I got to put out to everybody. So, but first... Oh couple emails this one right off of what we were just talking about before it's from chris cochran called bad decisions i live Uh in vancouver canada a city which for some reason is overrun by expensive cars when i'm walking my daughter to school it's common to be dodging all sorts of automotive exotica as they block Mm -hmm. intersections in morning rush hour traffic bentley's Mm -hmm. ferraris mclaren's and yes four-door lambos just like matthew vanderpool drives Now, here is where I have to admit I may have been wrong. I've always assumed that people driving the Lambos have obviously made a terrible decision, akin to getting a face (laughs) tattoo. However, what occurred to me is this. If I walked down the street and asked 50 people who Matthew Vanderpool was or if they had ever heard of cyclocross, it's likely I would get 50 confused stares. So Mm -hmm. if Lamborghini makes a habit of giving Lambos to world champions of obscure sports, maybe that person scraping the rims of their Lambo while parallel parking in front of the Lululemon is actually a world champion lawn bowler. Maybe the guy dropping his girlfriend in line for Lee's Donuts as he drives around looking for a parking space on Granville Island is actually one half of the world champion pair's longboard dancing team. Thank you, Slow Ride, for showing me my ignorance. Chris. Chris, that's a good point. <laughs> this is a strong point. They might not even have any real customers. They might just be giving them to obscure sports figures. It's all a marketing Ponzi scheme. I, You know, there's a lot of curlers up there in Canada, I assume. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Is fishing a sport? That it is, Olympic? is a sport. I mean, okay. I've never seen a Lambo <laughs> pulling pulling a bass boat, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Be, that's that's like pretty on par. Like, be some dude okay. with a Ford Raptor, a lifted Raptor, or something. Ugh. Ugh. Shake my head at that. Uh yeah. All right, more back to bicycle content. Uh-huh. This one's from Scott Booth. Good evening. I just got a properly sized frame from Rodriguez in Seattle to replace my two large lens. She mm-hmm. proudly has rim brakes, Spencer. Rodriguez oh. is known for building wild and wacky bikes. Maybe they could build a custom rail bike for a little guy. That would be cool. I've seen a few Rodriguez's in my day, and they are <laughs> lovely. Uh, uh-huh. This is asked for Smiley. It's awesome. So as we were talking about bikes the other day, uh, last episode, maybe episode before, and you were like, I don't know, rim brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I People remember this frame. Yeah, yeah. They're available. You can still do it. We're still doing it. We're never going to stop. I, I mean, literally, just because they're available. Little, little guy, they they made the Pontiac Aztec for many years, mm-hmm. and we all knew it was a mistake at the time. But unfortunately, it's back. I mean that that yeah, the Tesla cool. uh, Cybertruck looks exactly <laughs> like the there's, Pontiac Aztec. There's an Aztec in my neighborhood that I still haven't been able to have my phone out fast enough and it drives by and one side uh-huh. it has like a mountain scene on it it's so beautiful the other side has a rust hole 
but oh, <laughs> um, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, I I I, I want to interject here quickly about cars. I know people hate when we talk about cars too much, um, but there was an episode, probably I don't know, forty fifty episodes ago, where I did declare the Santa Cruz, uh, the Hyundai Santa Cruz truck. Um, the ugliest car in existence. And we got an email about it from somebody whose buddy had just bought one and <laughs> made him listen to the podcast, uh, which I did enjoy. Um, the Cybertruck has decimated the competition in the ugliest truck uh, or ugliest vehicle competition. So if you're out there and you own a Hyundai Santa Cruz, no worries, man. Yeah, you're good. Congratulations. You're good. Yeah, it's fine. No problem. You still bought a overly tall weird vehicle and seems scary and dangerous i mean but, you know. it's just a it's a 2020s inflated version of the um subaru uh baja oh yeah 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 it's pretty much the same thing yeah it's just like oversized to to keep up with the rest of vehicle sizes uh these days but it's a, it's pretty sweet it would be better as a subaru baja but you know wooden everything <laughs> uh this this one's from julian allen uh ponderful zwift goodness calls it. Mm -hmm. hi spencer and others i don't know why he addresses us that way that feels insulting but yeah uh, that seems hope right you're all, hope you're all it feels, well it feels city, good city beautiful holyoke <laughs> massachusetts yeah. congratulations to matt for a ponderful opening segment though there was one glaring omission and i still you'll have to tell me if you understand this julian's thrown over my head on this one said roof sales were up but no mention of the obvious tile sales up like a house on fire which i guess because i don't know i'm I, I don't fully understand that i maybe i'm dumb anyway he says moving on to spencer's return to zwift i just joined the the tsrp club there can't wait until uh -huh. the kit becomes available uh if you could make a shortcut alt w so we can wave uh, to our fellow riders we see out on Watopia. That'd be great. And he's can't wait for Peak Tim. And uh, there's a Swiss cross for sale on eBay in Portugal for just $1,200 if Tim's interested in adding one, uh, uh, another one to the fleet. There you go. There you go. Uh, little guy, we're going to have to dust off your Zwift account too, unfortunately. yeah, You're not going to be able to escape this for too long. Uh, the, the winter miles, you know. You gotta put them on I somehow. I don't have my trainer's not smart enough. It wasn't smart enough when we all tried to get on Zwift in like 2019 or something, and it's yeah. certainly not smart enough now. I feel like uh, my little dongle adaption thing would have just would wouldn't cut it anymore. Maybe. Um, Kevin Dolan writes us. Uh, one email he wrote was just that the Washington Post has both a cross and a Nordic corner. Uh, story up on their website right now so they had one about uh oh just jesse diggins and uh skiing and then uh -huh. they had another story about cycle cross in belgium up on the washington post so uh our little corner of the world's getting some major press um interesting yeah so uh you know uh we're famous everyone's famous it doesn't mention us but i mean like stuff we talk about I don't know what kind of influencers, I guess. I mean, I'd say we're influencers. I would say that we should probably be gifted expensive garbage we don't need, like Lamborghinis. Yeah. I'll take the watch. You take the Lamborghini. Yeah. Sounds sounds fair. 
Uh, I can't think of anyone else on this podcast that would need anything. <laughs> no, but more importantly, we got more Swiss tr- Swiss cross emails. Uh, oh, Brian, awesome. Brian writes, uh, hi, Tim, Spencer, and Matt. Greetings from Toronto, Ontario, a city not quite as cold as the lovely Twin Cities. It's probably true. It's pretty it's true. cold here. It's, but it's, it's further south than it's the Twin be Cities. On, yeah, and it's got the lake effect. Um, he said, I started listening to your pod last year, and it's quickly become one of my favorite cycling podcasts. You're often my in-car entertainment to or from the office. It was the Club Ride episode last week, specifically Tim's Richie Swiss Cross recommendation to Warren that prompted me to write. As a proud owner and partially identified as a retro grouch, I can testify that this bike has only brought me joy on the road, gravel, single track, and occasional local cross races. Skinny steel tubes, 40 tooth by 11 by 42 gearing, and 40C tires are enough to put a smile on my face and almost Mm. make the wide angle podium. It's the perfect bike. But don't trust my endorsement. Well, consider my next dream bike is an Omnium Mini Titanium. That's pretty. That's a pretty goofy bike. Um, <laughs> will the slow ride cycling caps and or musettes be available? If so, sign me up for both. Uh, eventually, we we talk about so, it a lot, and nothing really Tim, happens. Yeah, Tim but, keeps talking about merch, and I I keep saying, "Yeah, man, make it happen. Let's do it." And yeah. Tim's a busy guy, so <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, but I would love to see some of that stuff, and I'm sure it will come eventually. So uh, if you are interested in in that kind of stuff, keep harassing us about it because the more we hear about it, the more likely uh, it is to actually happen. So uh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, I, Swiss Cross. I got a really a really silly idea for a hat, so I hope we hopefully we'll get it done. But you're gonna say Swiss Cross. You you have you've had a Swiss Cross, so. I, I had a Swiss cross and I think, I hope, I think I influenced him into getting that Swiss cross that he has. I no longer have mine. Um, it did suffer a significant dent in a, uh, commuting accident, uh, a few years ago and I had to move on from it, but, uh, it was a fantastic bike and I would highly recommend it to anybody looking for a do everything bike. Um, I did end up re- well, not replacing it, but getting a, another Richie. I got the mountain bike, um, the P, uh, P27. I forget which size I even have. I think it's 27, 27, five oh, really? wheels or 29 wheels. I think they're, tw- no, never mind. They're 29s. I don't remember. <laughs> it's in the garage. I haven't ridden it in a while. That's why. <laughs> It's noticeable. I haven't looked at it for a bit. It's blue. But they're it's both right blue, b- so that doesn't help. It's right behind the Lambo. It's hard to see. It's right. It's behind the Lambo, and I use the Lambo like every day, you know, yeah, to get yeah. the mail at the end of the quarter-mile driveway. <laughs> driveway. Up to the well, mansion. <laughs> if, if you decide to ride that bike, uh-huh. and you were thinking, I want to wear that Hincappy jersey we talked about last week. Uh, got an email follow up, and I do, I do. <laughs> Says, "Hey team, SRP." That's from Andy P. Sorry, you'll be pleased to hear that I have been so indoctrinated by this podcast that I knew immediately <laughs> how you guys could decide who got the Hincapie jersey that none of you actually wanted. It's obvious to any listener to this pod, a Schwamigan showdown. Uh. That's right. <laughs> 
Pay to sign up to race. Spend time training. Maybe even buy a new bike. Then travel. You can buy a Swiss cross. Then travel uh-huh. across the country to compete in an event that you've already done for an overpriced mm-hmm. jersey that you can't even ship back to the country of origin. Mm-hmm. Now, judging by Tim's reaction to my first email, this idea will go down even worse. So I'll politely pull the pin and drop myself. Keep up the good work, Andy P. Andy, it's genius because it's genius. You're right. It it doesn't work in any way, and it doesn't help. And there's no solution. Perfect. I, I mean, to be fair, last time we did do Schwamigan, uh, I think in 2018, um, we did see T- Peak Tim, classic Peak Tim move, where he just cheated uh, <laughs> his way to victory. So, I don't know. That's, that's uh, yeah. Maybe a showdown, maybe a rematch is, is in order. If the Zwift thing takes off, you know. Maybe we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, get a couple more. Yeah, I got a lot this week. Uh, we got one from Juan Salazar. It says, Pain Garage Bandwagon and other things. Gentlemen, I realize I'm late to the Pain Cave game, but I was recently relegated to the Pain Garage and kicked out oh, no. of a very plush, <laughs> climate-controlled extra bedroom, and now I share my setup with the plants. We bring in when it's below freezing here in San Antonio, uh-huh. which usually, which unusually has been a lot lately. Uh, having said that, also a little late, but the real reason for my note is to say that my phone also listens to your podcast. How do I know that? Well, after a recent episode, y'all mentioned a slingshot bicycle, and I kid you not, the next day I see a post on my socials with the attached picture. Beautiful slingshot. It's so nice, which uh-huh. is pretty cool, actually. Not associated with the person posting whatsoever, mind you. Proof that you're not you're not safe with the machines. And lastly, this upcoming week, I'm heading to Europe to attend Cyclocross Worlds and Tabor. So if you all have an extra media pass and some new boots, new boots on the ground, <laughs> I'm your guy. Uh, Juan, we probably do. Um, as I mentioned on our Instagram, we had uh, Michael down at the Tour Down Under uh, – Got it, made his own shirt. His wife was helping make the shirt, or maybe she did all the work. I don't know. And the pictures look like maybe she did all the work. But then uh, we had boots on the ground, so it's it's nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to get back in touch with Juan. Uh, maybe we can get some uh, get some uh, press passes for him or something. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can pull some strings. Um, it's, I mean, it's you're gonna have to do a lot of legwork yourself, but you can use our name in vain. That is fine. Yeah, I mean, we can't supply you with any merch because we haven't created any. But uh, if you create your our, own our, slow ride merch, <laughs> and our, just our freelance rates are atrocious, <laughs> so yeah, don't invoice us. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, you know, if the terms are agreeable, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, last email we got one from uh, from Sean Burns. Uh, touches on the uh, Benador World Cup from today we discussed earlier. Says okay. we made a second pilgrimage to the Benidorm, the Costa Blanca's most notorious tourist hellhole for Sunday's World Cup. It looked lovely on the pictures. I'm sorry, it's a hellhole in real life. Um, it's shoulder season in Benidorm, but on my way to the Parc de Foites, I probably got that wrong, I still managed to walk by dozens of Dutch and British lobsters roasting on the beach. Temps were only in the mid-50s, mid-50s Fahrenheit, but if you were out of the wind, it did feel hot. 
uh, <laughs> I think you three need to ask for press credentials for next year's event. We could, but we probably won't go. But you could have them, I suppose. Uh, they <laughs> they might get, just give you. They must give them to everyone because I saw a group of three 20-somethings sporting all-access press credentials, and they were only intent on drinking beer. So, yeah, we could get press credentials. I know we could, which yeah, is yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Um, it says the racing was great last year for the inaugural event, and it was even better this year, which I would second. That was true. The race organizers took out one loose, steep, sketchy downhill from last year's course and a short, sharp uphill, but otherwise the course was the same. And he attached a few picks. I'll try to throw those up on the socials. Uh, I think you can figure them out. For, but for the last two, we have a shot of Lars for little guy. Thank you. And one of Tebow and I is looking right into my lens on the last lap. <laughs> oh. True. He is sort of like staring into it. Uh, you can see into his soul. Um, that last lap stare, yeah. Yeah, but uh, thanks, Sean. Those are great. Uh, and it, I can't say it enough. It looked like a really fun event. So I feel like uh, I should have done a better job working in a joke about beyond the stare which is the book yes that about sven niece yeah that could tie into tebow niece staring anyway i have a copy of it right over here on the bookshelf um it's a good book good I'm book borrowing it from you yeah it's a good book if you haven't read it um beyond the stare go find it on i don't know Wherever you get used books these days. Or, yeah, wherever you can find a copy of that book. Books.com? I don't know. Books.com. Pets.com. <laughs> I think that's where you get it. Oh. Uh, that's all our email, Spencer. I have a hub dilemma I need to put to you. A hub all our listeners. dilemma. Now, I had this problem the other night, and I immediately texted uh, two buddies of mine who, between them, must have... 20 years of bike shop experience, wrenching experience, and okay. we got some, we, we're scratching our heads. Uh-huh. So here's the thing. I rebuilt a Shimano Dynamo hub that I had, hadn't used for a few years. I'm, I'm um, already lost. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, these, I, these I, are the, the light up generator hubs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Perfect. I, I had, got I it. had, I had one, it's been sitting in the corner. I finally put it back together. I want to put it back together. So, uh, so, Caitlin has to ride to school at night. She has night classes, so I wanted to uh-huh. have put a generator on her bike. So always uh-huh. has lights. Don't have to uh-huh. worry about forgetting them. So I get it put together. Um, I'm like, cool. I think I did it right. I even watched the tutorial to make sure I do it correctly. And it's not working. I'm like, huh, that's weird, you know. Well, eventually I realize, oh, I just the light bulb was burnt out of the light that I grabbed out of my pile of old lights. So I hooked it up to mm-hmm. my like newer led light that's on my bike and it yep. works just fine so i was like well great it works so i get her bike in the stand and i do all that jazz and i i put a different light that i've verified works um onto the bike and i put the wheel in and i i clamp it in and i'm getting the cable routing and uh when it's in her bike it doesn't work like it won't power i spin it and the light won't come on I'm like, oh, I must have must have pulled one of the cables, so I take it off, mess with mm-hmm. it in my hands. I'm holding it in mm-hmm. my hands, and it works. Wait. Get back on the bike. It doesn't work. Hang on. Wait. The hub you spin yes. produces some sort of electrical current that goes through yes. a wire and lights the light while yes. you're holding it. When and while it. you put it in the bike, it no longer does. Yes. Okay, so okay. now I'm like, all right. I've I've done something to the 
no, this is where it gets weird. I've done something to. Oh, this is where it gets weird. Okay. So I'm like, it must be something like, um, it's grounding itself out on the fork or something that's uh-huh. happening. Yeah. So I think I look at the dropouts. Everything seems fine. I eventually take my wheel off my bike, totally separate wheel. I put it in her bike. I plug it into that light. I spin it. It produces light. Okay. I take the wheel that I just rebuilt for her. I put it on my bike. Uh-huh. I clamp it in the fork. I plug it into my light. I spin it. It produces light. I bring okay. my bike over next to her bike so I can have my have the wheel in my bike and plugged into the light on her bike. Yeah. It produces light. So okay. every oh, wow. scenario, this wheel will produce light except for when it's on her bike where I want it to go. Uh-huh. My wheel will work on her bike. Now, I feel like this is some sort of weird, sick problem. Like, like somehow, uh-huh. like the like I'm not being nice enough because my wheel is a little nicer. So my wheel this works is, in her bike. Is... So if I'm an actual nice person, I will just let her have my I was, slightly okay. nicer wheel. All right. So I'm that glad she has light. I'm glad you brought this up. Wheel. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to say with with your two friends with 20 years of bike shop experience between them and yourself all thinking about this problem, you're missing the obvious. Yeah. You just uh, switch them around. You just, you just take the other wheel, you know? Yeah. You, each bike gets the one that works, but obviously everybody's a tinkerer. You want to know why it's not working and get it working. And then yeah. of course the elephant in the room, I, th- I think we all knew your wheel was a little bit nicer uh, based yeah. on the solution, not just presenting itself right away. Totally. <laughs> like, oh, okay, totally. well, whatever. I'll put the one that works in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you got to switch tires around and whatever. But, yeah, like, so I have the Shimano one that I was going to put on her bike, and I have the, like, shutter precision one that's on my bike that definitely is a little smoother and a little nicer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Looks a little cooler. Um does it matter in the long run? No, if I'm an actually good person, uh, I would just give her my wheel because at the end of the day, the important thing is that uh, she has a functioning light when she's riding yeah. home at night in Minnesota where it gets dark at 3.30 now. Um, but I also really want to understand why it wouldn't be working only in, on the bike. And to context, hers is it's an old specialized expedition from the mid-80s. It's a touring okay. bike. Uh-huh. I'm on a Fuji uh touring bike from the mid eighties. Like they're probably okay. made in the same factory. <laughs> they're probably both Tongue Uh like what, what color is, what what color paint? Uh hers is gray. My fork is chrome. Uh-huh. There you go. That's probably you, the, you got uh, the leaded the leaded paint from the seventies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh short circuiting. The uh diodes are with the current is reverse no the polarity is what happened. So swap out the fork. I want to know. Okay. Oh, I'll, another section of this. Oh, so then I just took a fork, like a random fork I have on the workbench. Uh-huh. Okay. A pile of extra forks. If I yeah. put that wheel in that fork, any old fork, it, it, it lights, it, powers the lights both the light on her bike the light on my bike and an extra light that i have sitting okay. around so everything works except for that wheel on the specialized 
Have you considered like some sort of seance or ritual? Yeah. That's all I can think is there's some sort of ghost problem. Uh, um, it's a ghost problem, definitely. I think we've narrowed this down. I can't figure out what it could be. I even went back so far, even though the hub was working, to Has... go back. They have like <laughs> Teflon tape on them when on the axle when you get it. And I was mm-hmm. like, maybe somehow it's shorting itself. I went back, I put new Teflon tape on it. It just still looks I, exactly the same. I think you're barking up the wrong tree. I think, it does Caitlin have some sort of unfinished business that... <laughs> <laughs> that needs closure. That does well, she have like maybe. a dark secret, maybe that maybe. she hasn't told you about? Um, if so, if so I haven't been told, and I don't know why it involves a Shimano DH whatever three seventy four or whatever the model number is. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, um, it's always where you least expect it. It is. It's true. Uh, anyway, if anyone has any idea or had a wheel, a Dynamo, specifically a Shimano one, um, that didn't work in some contexts, but worked in other contexts, and you know why. I also had this wheel on a Trek, and then and then on the Fuji, because I had it on a couple different bikes for multiple years of working as a courier, and um, it it just worked all the time. It never yeah. had any problems. Uh, Ghosts. I don't know what's going on, but I guess yeah, it's a curse. Um, it's a curse. It really stumped me. The it's probably night. the frame. Uh, to be fair, it's probably the frame that is cursed and not the hub. <laughs> oh, that, I guess that's true. It's probably your race. Did she do something unspeakable, you know, while on the f- riding the frame, I guess? Probably not. Oh, well. Uh, we did get an unspeakably good deal on that bike, though. So. Oh, uh, we'll deal with the devil for that one. No, it sounds it wasn't like that something. kind of deal. Oh, I, okay. I'm the one who has all the like weird bikes that are pulled off. The, street. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one who has no more soul because I have my Camping Nolo from the '90s still works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. so I don't understand. If anyone has any ideas, just. Shoot me the weirdest I would love to hear it. possible yeah. ideas of why you think, because I am stumped, and everyone I've talked to about it is stumped. And I, there's not a really good way to Google search this problem, you know, like to lay out all the the criteria in a in a. I think you need to make way. a video of it and have it go viral, and then just you'll get hundreds of comments of people yeah. telling you things that are obviously not the solution, but at least you'll have, you know views you know as an influencer yeah. uh, it's the sort of stuff that obviously will go viral it's spinning yeah. different wheels and lights flashing. <laughs> look at this crazy guy <laughs> yeah, i don't know he's yeah. mad about something <laughs> I've, I've i've watched weirder things on youtube so why not yeah all right well, we gotta go tiktok tiktok yeah we gotta go tiktok with that well yeah that's probably it for the week I guess we got to okay. go get on TikTok so we can do this and get viral and get ourselves big watches. Um, I will wear the big watch while I make the Dynamo TikTok if you are a watch person that wants to give us free watches. Watch we'll company, it. watch CEO, executive. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Um, yeah. So I'll do the I'll do the socials then, I guess, uh, little guy. Um, 
people can always send us those suggestions, those ideas about your hub and anything else at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. All your comments and questions and concerns are gratefully received. Uh, you can find us on the social medias that little guy was uh, talking about earlier at the slow ride pod um, all over the place, wherever we have them. And uh, as always, our intro and outro music is brought to you by BK1 of Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Thank you to BK1 for letting us use the, the material for so many years. And with that, on behalf of Tim Hayes, normally in Orlando, Florida. Me, Matt Allen, in the city beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this has been Spencer. In Holyoke, Massachusetts, the city beautiful, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Slow Glide podcast, formerly known as Nordic Corner. This is Nate Chenenko in actually sunny Rochester, New York, where we had fabulous local skiing like 18 minutes from my house yesterday. My son and I went out, crushed it. He's got a race coming up next weekend. He's feeling feeling prepared. We had a good little race simulation effort. Just great time out on the snow. Um there were World Cup races last weekend. I haven't actually watched all of them because I have other things to do in my life, but some pretty exciting happenings, I would say. First off, there was it was a classic weekend in Oberhof, Germany. And Oberhof, it is actually really funny to listen to other cross-country ski podcasts with like actual skiers talk about Oberhof. They all seem to hate Oberhof. Uh evidently it's like always cloudy and for the last few years, it's been pretty warm and the snow conditions are usually fairly bad. So they had a biathlon race there a few weeks ago and there was not enough snow. But this weekend, it was pretty beautiful winter scenes in Oberhof and the weather was, it looked to be pretty cold based on what the athletes were wearing. Definitely like well below freezing, probably 20s Fahrenheit, maybe minus four Celsius or something. Um, so Pretty good snow conditions, very windy for some of the races, which I'll get to in a little bit. But the big news was, so on, it was all classic skiing. So on Friday, they had a sprint race where, as I've described before, the races usually take about three minutes. On Saturday, they had the 20K mass start. And then on Sunday, they had a relay. And so they do the relays by genders. So the first two legs are classic. The second two legs are skate. And... Starting on Friday in the classic sprint, Johannes Klabo, who is the best skier in the world and is like the Matthew Vanderpool of cyclocross for cross-country skiing, he just never loses, uh, lost. Didn't even make the final. So the way this works is you start out, there's a qualifier where everybody gets to try to qualify. They take the top 30 people and they put them in heats of six. And then they 
through a sort of complicated process, move people. Well, it's not that complicated, but they move people through. Uh, so you start with quarterfinals, even though there are five of them, and then you move to two semifinals, which makes a little bit more sense. And then you move to one final of six people. And according to NRK, where I have recently found myself spending too much time on Google Translate, um, this was the first time that Clabo was eliminated before a final in a sprint since 2018, which is crazy. November 2018, not even like late December 2018. There are definitely sprints that he hasn't started since then and sprints that he hasn't won there's you know a bunch a decent amount of sprints he hasn't won since then but it is wild to not even to to always make the final before that i mean that this is the cycling equivalent of this is like he basically has not gotten taken out in the race or gotten like a flat tire or rolled a tubular or gotten caught up in a crash on the start line or had a mechanical or something in like years five six years five years a little more than five years if you want to count it fairly um the reason for this is that he had a really bad flu and evidently according also to Clabo himself in an interview with nrk lost four to five kilos i don't know how much he actually weighs but he's definitely got like that's a <laughs> that's crazy um i would definitely not be able to produce any power if i lost five kilos it says he lost a bunch of muscle which makes sense and he didn't really get that great of a start to the season so he's having a tough year so far i think he i'm hoping he can come back it's definitely a little more exciting without him because he used to win everything um but it's it's uh he's he's struggling out there so that was friday Swedish Swedes won. And then I'm sorry, the Norwegians won the men's sprinting Swedes won the women's sprint, which I'm sure was very gratifying to them because in fourth place was the Norwegian woman, uh, Christine Stavaskistad or Shestad, depending on how you actually say it, which I'm not really sure. And she was talking a lot of trash on social media, like during the tour to ski about the Swedish team. So I'm pretty sure the Swedes were very happy to beat her. Saturday, they did the 20K Classic Race. I don't actually know what happened. I haven't watched it yet. On Sunday, my son and I watched the men's relay, which was really good. The relay was interesting tactically. So it's a classic relay, so they ski around in these like parallel tracks. And it was super windy. So the snow was blowing across the course. And, of course, it blows across the like normal corduroy groom. And then because of like the air pressure differences, it collects in the tracks. So for certain points on the race course, depending on the wind direction, the slowest place to be was the tracks. And so there was a lot of like squeezing between each other and skiing in between the tracks, which just doesn't usually happen. I thought that was a pretty interesting dynamic tact. Like, I guess that was more of a tactical thing than a strategic thing. Um, no surprises on the winners on that, but big surprise. And like, honestly, huge disappointment. The U S women didn't even field a relay team on Sunday for the relay. So it ended up being won by Sweden with Germany in second. Germany always shows up for relays, especially at home, Finland in third, 
the Sweden's second team in fourth, and then the Norwegian press is just losing their heads. They put up one relay team, um, and they couldn't even beat the second Swedish team. It's true that the Swedish women's team is super, super strong, but Norway is like living a national embarrassment right now, which is pretty entertaining, but not as entertaining as the US not even fielding a team, which like is a huge embarrassment. So they claim the announcer, at least that's the only, the only source that I have on this. The announcer who talks to the US coaching squad pretty regularly claims that the US is having some like fatigue issues. I don't get it. Like they raced a sprint on Friday. They raced a 20 K on Saturday. Every other team fields their whole team for the relay. The women's relay only has 10 teams. The U S women's team has more than four athletes that we could start. Like I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by this decision. I don't get it. I don't understand why you would leave all those world cup points on the table. If you've got one fatigued athlete, like, I could understand leaving them off the team and then fielding a team of four different people. Um, but particularly after a week off after, so we had the tour de ski, then there was a whole weekend off. So that is like effectively 13, 12 or 13 days without racing. And so to not even field a relay team is just a huge disappointment. Like my son and I turned on the program and we're like, pretty bummed. It's like, well, I'm still going to watch because I like the sport and I don't really care. I, I mean, I do care, but I don't really care if Americans do really, really well in it. Um, cause it's still fun to watch. So we did watch, but man, bummer. I'm not sure what's going on out there. And then we've had a lot of, so listener feedback, which you're welcome to send me at my last name at gmail.com. So that's C H E N E N ko at gmail.com and if not in this week's show notes probably in some past show notes we've gotten some technical questions and there's a pretty interesting article in nrk this week about one of the biathletes from norway who uh, and the skis that she's on so she's on solomon skis there's a handful of big ski brands and wanted to make sure it was clear like even though the competition is organized by country so Norway has a team, US has a team, France has a team, etc. The uh, unlike in cycling where you get a bike from your trade team, trade teams are like not a big thing in Nordic skiing. So people individually have contracts with their ski sponsor or ski brand and these start out like you can be a pretty young age and get a contract with a ski brand and at least be getting a pretty fat percentage off the retail price, like 70% off of a retail price. And, and that's even if you're just like a good U.S. high school cross-country skier at, at the national level. Um, so like the U.S. team, for example, has people on every different ski brand. And it doesn't matter that they're all from the U.S. They're, you know, on all, all different kinds of skis. So there's an article about this Norwegian biathlete and this biathlete actually switched to Salomon because she knew that a few years later, one of the best Salomon athletes was going to retire and they were on the same like length of ski weight. You know, they, they weighed the same. So they're on the same skis and better skiers get better skis. So like they go straight to their teams, will go straight to the factory and pick 
handpick the best skis. They're not all made the same. So I'm assuming like, I mean, I doubt I could tell the difference, but I assume I'm on like relatively trash skis that I just buy from the ski shop like a sucker. And if I was really good, then I'd go over to the factory and hand pick them. So the best skiers in the world get to hand pick all their skis. And this woman switched to Salomon knowing that the hand picked like top of the line, best factory output skis from Marta Roisland, who's like a great skier and retired in March of 2023, according to this article would be like giving her skis back to Salomon or to another athlete. So now this woman is on these amazing skis, which I guess, I guess the ski differences are big enough that like, that's a huge driver of performance and a big enough deal to switch ski brands. So I, I had no idea that was a dynamic that existed until I got into this NRK and it's a little hard to tell what's going on because Google Translate is pretty good with Norwegian, but can't really grasp the like gendered pronouns like he, she. And so sometimes it'll be talking about a woman, but it'll use a, a masculine pronoun and vice versa. So it's a little hard to follow the story, but I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. Uh, anyways, we have, I believe, more racing coming up next weekend. I've totally given up on the Fist Proteum Predictor. It takes too long to fill it out. We need a roller derby for cross-country skiing. Luke, if you hook me up with the like access to the back end, we'll get it cranking. I'm sure at least five people will place a bet at least once. Um, and with another week of Nordic Corner, this is Nate Chenico. Thanks, everyone. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.